If you like such hits as My Alien Girlfriend, your favorite movie is Love and Saucers, and you're starting to think you could start a riot because they canceled people of Earth, then you've come to the right place. Yes, you have. It's Strange Shenanigans with Stan and Ashley. What? We're on season two now in our new studio, so don't forget to go to Twitter and name our studio for us. Right. Use hashtag name our studio and tell us what we should name it. So today, I'm talking about The Wizard of Oz. Cool. What are you talking about? Super hermits. Super hermits? Yep. We've the hermity of hermits. We've had plenty of those in Maine. Yeah, it's a common thing <laughs> in Maine. But they're not from Maine. They're not well, from America. We don't call them hermits in Maine. We just call yeah, them neighbors. George. Yeah, I've they're just George, people. But he's out there. <laughs> so who's taking us off today? You are. Aw, ladies first. Yep. See, chivalry's not dead, guys. So today I'm talking about Wizard of Oz, which it doesn't seem strange, right? No. It's pretty strange though. Mm -hmm. So Wizard of Oz is one of my favorite movies. I dressed up as Dorothy for numerous Halloweens and- Me too. <laughs> I made more than one pair of ruby red slippers. I bet you want me to dress up as Dorothy now. <laughs> But it turns out that Wizard of Oz behind the scenes, the one that we don't know about, is really dark. Kinda don't wanna watch it anymore. <laughs> now I'm sure we all know like the fun tidbits or all the myths about it, like the dead munchkin in the background. That's actually just a bird. It's not a munchkin at all. But On that note, can you still call them munchkins even though that's what they're called in the movie? So in the movie, yes, but in real life, absolutely not. Yeah, well obviously. So, is it okay? I mean, it was it was borderline inappropriate then for them to be like, they're the Munchkins of Munchkinland. Well, when, I guess they haven't for, changed it in the movie though, so I guess we won't know what to call them until they change it in the in the movie. I don't know. Because it's Munchkinland, so I guess we have to wait till they change it to Little People Land. Maybe someone should chime in on this because I'm just talking about the movie, so I'm not well, trying to offend anyone. No, 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 no. I was just, I was just wondering. I, I never got why. I don't get how uh, the movie even remains socially acceptable when the whole premise of the little people and their land is based just solely on the fact that they're short. Well, I'm glad you bring this up because I'm about to give you 809 reasons on why it probably isn't socially acceptable anymore. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah, you're welcome, everybody. I'm about to ruin an American classic. Stay here, please. Like, click subscribe while you're at it. So first off, I'm going to talk about Toto, the cutest dog in the world. Yeah. Our beloved dog, Toto, is actually buried under a freeway in L.A. <laughs> That's not surprising. It's horrible. Who is in L.A.? So Toto, Toto wasn't the dog's real name, but because um, the dog was so popular, its owner changed its name to Toto. So Toto died in 1944, and she lived with Carl Spitz, who owned a dog school and trained animals for teeth for TV and movies. And when Toto passed away, he buried our honor on his property. But Caltrans bought his property in 1958 and he turned, they turned it into a disgusting freeway in LA because LA is gross enough. So let's put another freeway in it. And so if you live in California and you take the Laurel Canyon exit on the 101 freeway, if that means anything to you, doesn't to me, you are driving right 
over the former home and the final resting place of Toto from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> you were driving over Toto's corpse. <laughs> so don't know how you feel about that, LA, but Sounds awesome, yeah. just gives me another reason not to go to California. Sounds like a death metal song. Toto's corpse. <laughs> Now, if you love old movies, you have to love old TV shows, right? So the actor who was uh, Jeb Clampett in the best show ever, The Beverly Hillbillies, he was actually cast and did a few scenes as the Tin Man. But he wasn't given much credit for it because he was replaced. And not for, like, really cool reasons. Like, you know, bad behavior. He was some rebel on the scene or hitting on some beautiful little people. No, he was replaced... Because the uh, aluminum dust from his makeup sent him into the hospital, which resulted in him being placed in an iron lung. Wow. So then, the actor that ended up taking his place, he made it through filming, as we all know, but his eyes ended up seriously infected from the makeup. He ended up with horrible eye infections. Do you guys still want to watch Wizard of Oz now? It only gets worse. So Margaret Hamilton is the Wicked Witch of the West. She was actually younger than Glinda, too, when they filmed it, yeah. but they still made her the old hag. <laughs> like, by, like, 20 years, too. Yeah. But anyway, that's not what I'm talking about. So when she did the famous scene of Munchkinland, a faulty trapdoor malfunction, as I guess they do, and she was hospitalized for serious burns... When, you know, she goes, she's a Munchenland and she like goes up in flames. Yeah. Oh, she literally went up in flames. So she was hospitalized for burns and the burns were so bad that she missed six weeks of filming. Her clothes caught on fire and her makeup, ah. because it was copper based, her makeup caught on fire. And then after they got the flames out, they used alcohol to take the makeup off. Ah. She said it was horrible and she thought she was going to die. And then after Margaret was almost burned to death, she was given a stand-in. I guess they didn't call them stunt doubles then. And our stand-in was Betty Danko, and she had to do the scene where the Wicked Witch demands Dorothy has to surrender, and Dorothy ends up killing the witch. Well, during the scene that a broomstick catches on fire, no major effects were needed because the broomstick was actually a pipe that was fitted to look like a broomstick, and it exploded. Oh my God. In this explosion, sent Betty to the hospital for two weeks, and her legs were permanently scarred. And now that we're still on the topic of Margaret Hamilton, the Wicked Witch, she wore the green makeup, and the green makeup, as I said, was copper-based. Well, the makeup stained her skin green for over a year. Oh, my God. And because the makeup was so toxic, she couldn't eat when she was filming, so she had to survive solely on a liquid diet during all of the Whoa. filming. Yeah. And then, and then it's worse because after all the hell Margaret went through to play the role of the Wicked Witch, over half of her scenes were cut because MGM deemed them too scary for children. <laughs> so she was burned alive. Irony for a witch. I, I, I always wondered why the Wicked Witch of the West is like not in the movie at all. They claimed shit was too scary. She was burned alive. She was starved to death. And so they cut all her scenes. And before she was the Wicked Witch of the West, guess what her job was? What? She was a kindergarten teacher. Oh, that's funny. So it's just her whole role was just so ironic. It was painful. Now we can talk about your munchkins. Yeah. So the actors who were munchkins, I'm not calling the people munchkins, I'm calling the characters munchkins. 
They weren't living in beautiful munchkin land. They didn't have a fairy tale life. They were the lowest paid actors during the making of Wizard of Oz. Even Toto made more money than the munchkins. And the actors who played the munchkins were actually real adult little people. And most were from a troupe that performed as singers midgets. That's what they were called. I'm not, I'm not doing anything. I feel like I've got to be really careful with this topic. So Singer was Leo Singer who represented the troupe. And he pocketed more than half their wages. And they were only paid $100 a week. What? So they made uh, at most $50 if they were lucky. And the, pe- the actors who played the Munchkins were considered troublemakers. Now, some people say the Munchkins, like family members and the ones that were living, said this was a myth. And then other actors were like, no, this is true. But there were some police records that also backed it up. <laughs> so nobody really can testify except for the few police records out there. But whether they were mad because of the low pay or because they were stuck playing characters that were called munchkins, which was messed up, they got in trouble for having orgies in their hotel room. That one was semi-backed up because there were records of them getting kicked out of the hotel. (laughs) And they were known to pull out knives and threaten workers and actors on set. Couldn't find any police records on that, though. Yeah. And they would drink so much and be drunk in public so much that police would chase them down and catch them in nets. That was backed up by some police records. That's horrible. (laughs) And the producers also told Leo Singer, who represented them, to only book, uh, quote, white, perfect-looking little people for the roles of the munchkins. Wow. Screwed up. And it gets worse. So the munchkins had those wigs, right, that they had to wear. Well, those wigs are made out of latex, and they actually glued them onto the heads of actors. And then every day, the wigs were glued on and had to be ripped off, which was incredibly painful. I'm not done. So the munchkins were rewarded with a star on the Walk of Fame, but not individually. The star just reached the munchkins. Oh, my God. And only seven of the living um, little people who play the munchkins attended the event, but... It wasn't totally insulting because it was pretty current. It was in the 2000s, but it was actually Judy Garland's son who sponsored the star. So it was a semi-happy ending. But because of all this abuse, um, they started their own actors' guild to represent the little people and to get better working conditions. So a little good story came out of some horrible, horrible treatment. Now we're going to talk about the scarecrow. Now he really had to love his role. Because all of the makeup and the prosthetics that he had to wear left permanent scarecrow lines and patterns on his face for over a year. Oh, my God. Right? Talk about being pigeonholed into a room. (laughs) Now we're going to talk about Judy Garland, which is horrible. So she had a horrible life, as we all know, but we're just going to talk about the Wizard of Oz. So she was 16 when she filmed Wizard of Oz. And she was forced to wear a corset and drop 12 pounds to have the role. And not only that, but she was given a very strict diet right from the MGM producers. No candy. She was only allowed to drink black coffee, eat chicken soup or broth, and was ordered to smoke 80 cigarettes a day minimum, which they claimed would curb her hunger. 80 cigarettes a day. 80 cigarettes a day. That's insane. At 16. At 16. Everyone wonders why Judy had a horrible life, right? 
And her looks. Out of all the old red robes we had. <laughs> her looks were an awful topic at MGM. She was the third pick for Dorothy because of how ugly they said she was. And the head of MGM called her My Little Hunchback. Oh. Yeah. Despite many of the myths over the years, um, you should be able to figure out by basic timeline, Judy was not pregnant with her daughter, Liza Minnelli, during the filming of Wizard of Oz because she also was married to someone that wasn't a Minnelli a year after. But she did become pregnant at 19 after Wizard of Oz, but she was still under MGM contract and was forced to have an abortion because the baby was not part of the contract. Wow. So her second movie, still with MGM, um, after Wizard of Oz, she was pregnant. But they said no. And the studio temperatures were over 100 degrees because of the lights, costume, makeup, and all. And they had to keep it incredibly bright for the new type of filming process. And I bring this up because the Cowardly Lion's costume was actually lion pelts. And it weighed over 90 pounds. So he had to wear that. In a hundred degrees of filming. He was one of the older of the guys in, yeah. in the movie, too. And um, two people were assigned to dry out the costume after every filming because it would be soaking wet and they complained that it smelled bad. Ugh. Well, I'm sorry. It would smell disgusting if you're wearing a hundred pounds of lion in a hundred degree heat. <laughs> right. I mean, come on now. What the fuck do you expect from him, guys? Horrible. And filming was long and exhausting. They would start incredibly early, like 3, 4 a.m., and keep going till well into the night. Judy and all the other actors were beat, but the studio wasn't going to have any of that. So they actually gave the actors, even 16-year-old Judy Garland, pet pills, and that's exactly what they call it, which were, we can all figure it out, which was always things like cocaine <laughs> to keep you awake. And then when it was time to rest, they would pass out sleeping pills so they would be knocked out for on the sleeping schedule that the studio set. And then when the studio deemed that they had slept enough, they would wake them up all over again and have them take the pet pills to keep them awake all over again. Jeez. So MDM, MGM drugged all of their actors to keep them going. So no different than modern Hollywood. <laughs> I know, right? And do you remember the beautiful poppy flower fields? No? And do you remember the snow that comes down to wake them up in the field? Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I just made you watch this. I know, but I wasn't paying well, attention. Guess right? what the this snow was made out of? Asbestos. Asbestos. <laughs> it, it was looks, literally it looks like asbestos. snowing asbestos. <laughs> they were really trying to fucking kill these people, weren't they? <laughs> yep. And now we have our poor flying monkeys. I haven't talked about flying monkeys yet. So they were not exempt from all this Wizard of Oz hell. I would when they were flying in the forest, they had wires that were suspending them. Well, some of the wires broke and many of them fell to the ground and oh they were God. injured. Yeah. And our last real darkness of Wizard of Oz is Auntie M. Auntie M committed suicide in 1962. She spent years with debilitating and untreated arthritis and was becoming blind from all, well, everything she went through on Wizard of Oz in her MGM contracts. So go watch Wizard of Oz. Right? It's a go great give movie. MGM some more money. Yeah. So I'm happy to ruin Wizard of Oz for you <laughs> and myself. I don't know if I'll ever be able to watch it again. 
But that's the behind the scenes of Wizard of Oz. And MGM clearly has proven itself a horrible company. Oh my, just, right. Lord, it's awful. Yeah, it's if you ever want to really hate MGM, you just need to read the story of Judy Garland's life, which is what I ended up doing. Yeah. They kept dropping her because she was apparently fat at, you know, 16 mm-hmm. and wanted to drop her. And they claimed she was ugly and had a hunchback. <laughs> and it's like all these horrible things. I don't know. It's been. Well, that's what I got for you guys. We'll be right back with a topic <laughs> that has absolutely nothing to do with this. Per usual. Stay tuned. <laughs> okay, we're back. We're going to talk about a family who spent almost the entirety of their life in complete isolation. That sounds horrible. Right? It does, doesn't it? So, in uh, 1936, uh, the Lakoff family, uh, their religion, Came under under threat, and when Carp was working one day on the side of the road, his brother was randomly murdered by a Soviet patrol oh. of Bolsheviks. Uh, he went home, collected his two children and his wife, and fled. Well, yeah, that's and what he kept going do. and going and going and going until he was 250 miles deep from any other person in the wilds of Siberia. Siberia? Mm-hmm. Some tough family members right there. Yeah. So the only reason that anybody ever knew that the uh, Lykovs existed was in 1978. So the Lykovs existed without knowing that World War II happened. God, that's crazy to think of. Uh, that... Uh, that the Soviet Union had grown to this vast empire. Yeah, that's... And that yeah. it had begun to come apart. But in 1978, a uh, group of geologists were looking for uh, a place to start or, or, uh, studying and working into for natural resources through the government. And uh, a helicopter was looking for an appropriate place to land. Well, it came into this dense, intense valley where the sidewalls of this valley were so sheer, he's like, well, we can't even come down here. No, I can't land anywhere, and if I land off the side of it, they'll die trying to get down. And as he was thinking that, he looked down, and there was a cabin. That's insane. In the middle of nowhere. So he's like, what what the hell? Nobody's supposed to be out here. Nobody can survive out here. These people must... Well, that's what they think. If somebody's out here, they must be struggling and dying. So he went back, talked to the geologist team, and they're like, let's go take a look. Let's see what's going on in case somebody down there needs help. So the geologists get there, and uh, as they come up on uh, this, this hut, they start to see what's obvious evidence of years and years and years of use. There's beaten walking paths. There's lumber collected and milled. Uh, there's a small all uh, area where crops were grown. That's impressive. So according to one of their their testaments, beside a stream there was a dwelling blackened by time and rain. The hut was piled up on all sides uh, with rubbish, bark, poles, planks. If it, had, if it hadn't been for a window the size of my back po- backpack pocket, I would have been hard to believe that people lived there. But they did, no doubt about it. Our arrival had been noticed, as we could see. 
The low door creaked, and a figure of a very old man emerged into the light of day. Straight out of a fairy tale, barefoot, wearing a patched and repatched shirt made of sacking, he wore trousers of the same material also in patches, and had an uncombed beard. His hair was disheveled, and he looked frightened and was very attentive. We had to say something, so I began, Greetings, Grandfather. We've come to visit. The old man did not reply immediately. He thought, and finally we heard a soft, uncertain voice, Well, since you have traveled this far, you might as well come in. <laughs> I guess so. When they entered the building, they found that it was in terrible condition for the war the largest family that had lived there yeah. and survived there. Um, the, the, this is the continuation of, of her quote. The silence was suddenly broken by sobs and lamentations. Only then did we see the silhouettes of two women. One was in hysterics praying, this is for our sins. The other, keeping behind a post, sank slowly to the floor. The light from the little window fell on the fell on her wide, terrified eyes and we realized we had to get out of there as quickly as possible. Oh, it's scary when you haven't seen anybody. Yeah, so so the, these geologists, they didn't just run away and were like, oh, well, that was weird. Let's not do anything like this. But they went outside, they got out some food, and they sat a little ways off and started to eat. And after a while, the three people who would be... Uh, Carp Livock and his two daughters, who were the only ones who had survived in the family, uh, would come out and actually sit with them and eat. Aww. And they wouldn't accept any of the any of the food that they were giving them. And uh, at one point, one of uh, one of the the male geologists offered one of the women some bread, and she said, "No, it's 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 we don't eat that. It's forbidden." How is bread forbidden? That's crazy. Right. So. Uh, they were part of uh, old school Christian religion, and they were. And when the Bolsheviks came to power, they were atheists. The Bolsheviks were, right. and they wanted to wipe out all religion, to include obviously a very uh, ancient and you know originating version of Christianity that these people believed in. But uh, it would. There, there also was. Uh, a brother um, they had their mother had died through the winter uh, because she refused to eat so that her family would have enough to Aww. eat one winter and uh, like slowly and slowly uh, the geologist and then uh, a uh, uh, like a author came out and would talk with them and they they slowly they wouldn't ever go back to regular society but they would start to accept the fact that these other people existed and that everything they did was not evil. Most of it they thought was, this this isn't right, this shouldn't be possible. The biggest thing that they that they that they thought was impossible and not uh, holy or not part of this world was when they went to the to a uh, logging camp nearby where the geologists had set up and. Uh, they, uh, they had a television. <laughs> well, yeah, because they've never and seen a television. So as, as uh, this, the son, who was, you know, amazed by all the technology, uh, because he had done everything to keep his family alive yeah. by hand for, you know, Ever. 30, 40, 50 <laughs> years, 
was amazed by, you know, the saws and the mills and all that stuff that they were able to bring out to the wilderness to do all this work that would take him hours and days to do. And he, he would sit right in front of the television and just stare at it. Like <laughs> well, both his sisters would pretend like it was evil and they didn't want to, but they would both watch it from the corner of their eyes and then pray. <laughs> and their father, who swore that it was wrong, uh, would just sit down and watch the TV and then go pray afterwards for forgiveness. Oh, jeez. Yeah. But uh, not long after them meeting these new people, uh, most of them began to die. Aww. It was not... The, the two sisters um, uh, both died of... Uh, well, one sister died of uh, kidney failure, but that, and everyone was like, oh, well, it's because you introduced all these germs. No, it's because they'd have lived off of a diet of seeds and potatoes for seven Which years. is amazing that they yeah. lived like that for so long. But they were all in horrible health because of it. The father passed away because he was old. Yeah. And then the brother was the only one where they could be like, yes, we probably had an effect on this because he contracted pneumonia in past Oh, yep, yeah, then they probably did. But, until 2019, um, Agafia, the, uh, one remaining daughter, stayed and lived there. She accepted, uh, uh, a few people to, to into, into her life. One of them was one of the loggers who would come visit, but she uh, she eventually kicked him out. She's like, he's useless. I even have to go get his water. He's so weak. <laughs> and then uh, she uh, also let the uh, the author come back so that they could talk about things and discuss their, her life and things like that. And instead of maintaining her father's rigid, like, like rules of no contact and everything. She went as far as to collect a flock of chickens and a herd of goats for herself so that she could live a healthier, better life. Nice. And she even rebuilt built a real better hut with the help of some of and knowledge of some of the, the, the logging men wow. uh, that she lived in. And until uh, uh, until uh, 2016, she lived there on her own, but then put in an uh, uh, open letter asking for anybody who would be willing to come out there and live like this to help be her caretaker because she was getting older. Yeah. And somebody did. Um, uh, what was his name? His name was Gregory Denola. Uh, he came and uh, he he helped her with, with the remainder of her life. Uh, she, uh, at one point in 2016, had to be airlifted to a hospital um, because from living outside her entire life in this harsh, you know, survivalist existence, all the cartilage in her legs was just destroyed. Oh, jeez. Just from the constant, you know, work and wear and tear of the, the way her life was. But after she was hospitalized uh, and then treated, she left the hospital and returned to her home and as far as anybody knows she still lives there as of 2019. That's insane. That's so cool. Yeah. That's just crazy. So my, my thing about this was that the only thing that bothered me about this was her father taking them to not live under this strict horrifying rule of communism and religious persecution for him to take them someplace and 
make them live under strict, terrible conditions and basically feel persecuted their whole lives. <laughs> it was the same but different. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what they it was. They were alive but barely, you know. Yep. There are uh, multiple winters. They had to decide whether they should eat what was left of, of their crop or save it so that they might, if they survived, they might be able to eat the next winter. Yeah. On multiple occasions. And that's why their mother died. That's because, just crazy. Because their mother was like, there's not enough. I'm not going to eat anymore. Because she, she wanted to take care of her, her, her Right, children. that's what moms do. And she's like, and that that's what that's what happened. That's horrible. Yeah. So. What a crazy life. Yeah, it, it's pretty insane. There's a, a, a story uh was published in 1994. Uh, Lost in Tega, one Russian's family in his 50-year struggle for survival and religious freedom in the Siberian wilderness. That's by, by Zili Peskov, if you guys want to look it up. I bet it's interesting. I'm going to go read it now, because I want to learn more about these people. Did <laughs> you imagine just all those huge events that you didn't even know were happening? Yeah, right. Uh, the, uh, the whole... That's just overwhelming. Massive parts of modern history. That they, That's just crazy. Yeah, they, they missed everything. Didn't even know what happened. I have a clue. Yep. Oh, wow. All right, well, that's all we have for you today. I hope you liked this episode about the Wizard of Oz and a hermit family in Russia, which just baffles my mind. Right. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at The Strange Show. While you're at it, go to TikTok, Instagram, MeWe, and Tumblr, Strange Shenanigans. Tell us what you think. Follow us. See our ridiculous memes. And we're going to come to you soon with some strange news. Make sure you find us on Podbean so you won't miss an episode. See you on the strange side. <laughs>